He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. about that. Uh, we'll hear your thoughts and your, your insights, opinions about that. 
and much, much more. Uh, so we'll give you an opportunity to do it. But before, let's go to in prayer. Let's go in prayer. And some people might find prayer creepy. <laughs> but anyway, let us go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for another opportunity to uh, do the show. Pray, God, that you would just be with us uh, and let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable today and always. We pray. Amen. Well, today is the anniversary, the first year anniversary of Superstorm Sandy. And Superstorm Sandy um, it was probably one of the most devastating. I, well, I can't say most devastating, but um, it was a horrible storm that hit the eastern coast. It was a combination of hurricane, rain, and winter, or early winter, or fall snow, and it was just a, it was just a horrendous, horrendous uh, climatic event, climate event, and it caused a lot of death. I think the uh, they have attributed about 71, 75 deaths directly to the storm. Uh, billions of dollars worth of damage to the New Jersey shore, uh, New York, and other eastern uh, major metropolitan areas where there was power outage, homes damaged, and um, you know lives shuffled around because of the storm and. And earlier this year, uh, Governor Chris Christie, who is the governor of New Jersey, uh, went out to uh, part of the Gulf of the Jersey Shore and reopened the Jersey Shore only to have the very same location that he reopened, burned down uh, just uh, several weeks later. Uh, I think the biggest problem that was uh, followed uh, the storm was they tried to political, make it a political issue. Uh, President Obama went and visited, and Chris Christie, who was a Republican, uh, pretty popular Republican, they were tossing his name around for a uh, presidential bid uh, a couple of years ago, and he and Obama seemed to be buddying up, and it upset some of the uh, – Republican establishment, and they were calling him a traitor, and and uh, you know they made, tried to make it a political issue. They tried to damage his career, and, and he tried to say that uh, that storm served as a means for President Obama to get re-elected. I mean, it was it was the fallout from that was 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 great, was was bad, pretty bad. Um, but they are recovering. Uh, recovering has has had been happening. There's still thousands who are displaced. There's still a lot of rebuilding communities, cities, and people are rebuilding lives and homes. And you know, um, one church uh, was being repaired, and one church was um, is is uh, has, has reopened. That was seriously damaged. Has been reopened. So, uh, if you have time, just there's seller celebration. Uh, Memorials and celebrations, observations, whatever going on. And um, if you ever get the time, just just uh, take a few moments to uh, remember those who lost their lives. Remember those who lost uh, 
lost uh, possessions, whatever it may be. Of course, possessions can already be always be replaced. But uh, just take a moment to think about them and um, their struggle, and and we we pray that uh, that the rebuilding will be continue will continue and, and go, and that they will be stronger afterwards. Okay, uh, so that 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 is a uh, that's a it's a good thing, you know. And I think about it, you know, living down in the Gulf. A Gulf area when Hurricane Katrina came through and Hurricane um see we had uh Katrina and what was right after Katrina? Ida I think was worse than Katrina you know, one of those Katrina got the most headlines but the one that came right after her just a few couple of weeks after after her did way more damage. Rita. Hurricane Rita. Did way more damage than Katrina because it stretched further. It was, uh, it, it did more damage even up to South Arkansas. It went as far as up inland as that. So I can sympathize with those because you know having to have to evacuate. And there were a lot of people who were unable to evacuate in on the East Coast because they were not used to it, and um, people were trying to get out. And you know it was just it was a bad deal. But uh, thank God that they were able to recover. So. That's one headline. Of course, the second headline um, going on is, well, I, oh, let me stop real quick. I got I to gotta do this. I got to do this. My friend Jerrica down in New Orleans, uh, well, Slidell, happy birthday, Jerrica. Happy birthday to you. Uh, one of my members, Ramona, happy birthday to you. I don't usually do birthday shout-outs, but those are two, two uh, dear people, and I just wanted to, you know, say happy birthday to them. So, they they're listening. They got uh they got a happy birthday shout out. <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's the Wednesday before Halloween, and um, you know I usually do a little uh, a little monologue, but I don't have, I don't really want to go into monologue because what I want to talk about is really interesting to me, and I like to get your thoughts about. It. But Halloween. It's always been a point of contention. Well, I won't say always been a point of contention, but as of recent, has been a point of contention uh, for uh, Christians. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, trick-or-treat. Some some people get tricked instead of treat. <laughs> um, but uh, there's always been this contention between Halloween and whether Christians should observe it uh, and, and things of that nature. I, I, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, the, always the question, should Christians be celebrating um, Halloween and Halloween really isn't a holy day, but you'd be surprised when you actually study the origins of Halloween and the um, how Christians incorporated how the Christian Church incorporated that um, pagan days into uh, the Christian faith, and we're seeing that now. We're, we're seeing how that is happening and what it has turned into. So we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween, how it became what it is, and the Christian background, Christian adaptation of pagan holiday. And then we're going to talk about just some things that are straight up uh, creepy about Christianity. So I'm going to take a quick break, get my thoughts together, and stop rambling so much. And we're going to come back. When we come back, we'll be discussing whether or not – Halloween should be observed if by Christians and these alternative things that's going on. So take a quick break, big right back after this. Mm-hmm. 
Today, we stand against the tyranny of single-mile credit cards. That'll speech, right? <laughs> May I? For too long, people have settled for single miles. With the Capital One Venture Card, you'll earn double miles on every purchase every day! Hawaii, here we come. So sign up today for a Venture Card at CapitalOne.com and start earning double! What's in your wallet? Can you play games on... Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that... Uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com You know why TVs are so easy to peel? So kids can peel them. Kids love cuties because cuties are made for kids. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. It is Wednesday, October 30th, the day before Halloween. And, uh, well, I, you know, a lot of families are getting ready to celebrate. Uh, a, a lot of parties will be going on tomorrow. Uh, at, you know what? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, down in South Louisiana, uh, they have been discussing whether to cancel Halloween because of weather. And, you know, I didn't know you could do that, but they, they, they've been thinking about doing that. In New Jersey, uh, they had to cancel Halloween twice. Uh, I don't think they'll be canceling it this year, but they had to cancel it twice because of weather-related events. And um, 
So, so kids, you know, they're getting they're getting ready for this. Now, when I was a kid, Halloween was a big thing. I mean, we uh, we could dress up. I, I never forget. We would dress up most times like cowboys, and you know, we had my my grandparents. They dressed us all alike, so we all had the same costume. <laughs> All my brothers and I, we had the same costume. We didn't, we didn't earn the right to dress differently <laughs> for years. I mean, for 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 years, we we had no choice in how we looked. <laughs> uh, it might not be funny to y'all, but it was funny whenever when I think about it, you know. And also, we also had um um what else we you know. The the neighborhood we we would go trick or treating. You could do it at school. You you know, you, um, uh, you, you could go do it at school, and, and you know you go through the neighborhood. You knew most of the people. They had some of the best candy. Uh, I I still like some. I I I can't eat it, but I sure would. I started to buy some candy just for the sake of having it in my house. Anyway. I digress. Halloween has gotten a bad, a really bad rep uh, with Christianity, uh, and um, um, it, 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 there are two reasons why. Well, not two reasons. The main reason is because it has become associated with um, with um, well, well, anything evil, anything horrible. Anything satanic, and I, I used I use that word lightly. Uh, it's so so the Christians have made this out to be the most evil day of the year. Uh, it's you know they painted it out to be where witches and warlocks have their sacred festivals and. Um, they do all kinds of things, you know. They they sacrifice people to the devil, <laughs> you, you know, those kind of things. That that's how it has become to be portrayed. And think about the movie Halloween, <laughs> Michael Byers, you know. Let me stop. I'm having too much fun. That that, but you know, we've associated with all things bad. But the reality is that um. Halloween and Christianity have a very interesting relationship. Um, have a um, congruent relationship, actually. And so the question always comes up every year. Should Christians observe, I don't use the word celebrate, uh, but observe Halloween? Uh, Halloween is not a holy day, per se. It's a holiday, but it's not, a, you know, it's really not a federal recognized holiday. You don't, you know, you don't get out. You don't get out of uh, out of school for it. You know, it's not a federally recognized holiday. It is a holiday in a sense that um, I don't really know how it's a holiday, honestly. But, uh, you know, the roots of Halloween come from pagan society. There's no dispute about that. But uh, it was adapted into... Uh, as a part of Christianity, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about. I'm trying, try. I'm, I'm reading so much, and I'm trying not to uh, get out, get over my head. Uh, now, history, the history of, of course, comes from uh, paganism, 
and some can trace it back to the Celtic tradition of Samhain, uh, the Harvest Festival, the Druids, um, all kinds, you know. And when you think about the Druids, you think about these hooded figures standing around Stonehenge, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, uh, it really isn't that, but that's the kind of history, that's the history of it. It came part of the Christian religion on Pope Gregory as he uh as he and his as his I don't even want to call it, but they you know, as they were expanding and trying to um um trying to get other pagans and, and uh as they as they um what's the word I'm looking for? Y'all I have lost my train of thought. I didn't have my coffee this morning or sugar either. <laughs> as they were trying to attempting to proselytize, that's what I was looking for. As they were attempting to, as they expanded uh, the empire, they were proselytizing and forcing pagans to convert to Christianity. Those pagans, after they converted, uh, they never really stopped being pagans. They continued in their tradition and they incorporated their traditions into uh, into Christianity, and we come up with October 31st being All Hallows Eve, and All Hallows Eve was leading up to um, the celebration that has come to become that has come to be known as All Saints Day and All Souls Day, and those those days are continue to be observed in most of the Roman uh, Catholic world. You will see most of those who um, who, who uh, are devout Roman Catholics, they will observe those days, All Saints Day and All, All Souls Days. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, back on the flip side, you know, Halloween has been... Tra- just as Christianity is associated with the birth of Christ on December 25th, uh, there, there, there are those who are, who are forcing uh, October 31st to be the birthday of Satan. Now, <laughs> that is far from the truth, but, you know, there has to be myth, and myths go on, and myths live longer than truth for some reason. You know, the legend is better than the truth. So instead of telling the the truth, it's better to tell the legend because the legend is usually more popular. It could be far from accurate, but it's always the most popular. And so, so some people uh, say that uh, Halloween is Satan's birthday, but that is not the case. Um, anyway, I digress. Let me let me get back to this to this All Souls Day, All Saints Day. All Souls Day, All Saints Day, uh, is a veneration type of celebration. And every religion, uh, established religion, has some type of veneration celebration, veneration of the dead. Uh, In traditional African religions, uh, the ancestral worship is a key part of their religion. Ancestors are not considered to have uh, been that you know they're not passed on per se, but they are they continue with the family. They watch over the family. They provide wisdom and insight and guidance to the leadership of the family, clan leaders and stuff like that. And 
in some cultures even to this day, vener- their veneration is a sacred part of their religious activity. How do they venerate? There are different ways, you know, uh, of doing that. Um, in in Catholicism, particularly in the South and Central America, this is it's uh, this All Souls Day in particular is one that's really observed. I mean, they take it serious. They have a Day of the Dead uh, festival. I mean, in Mexico, particularly, they have this celebration where you know they dress up as uh, as uh, as you know they have dead skeletons, all that kind of stuff. They march through. They have the fires, and it's it's a lucid celebration. For the veneration of the dead, and and then they, you know, they go to the cemeteries. They, you know, the cemeteries are lit with beautiful fires, you know, not to consume the place, but to, uh, to remind them that the flames of their ancestors still burn. The light from their ancestors still shine, providing, and, and providing leadership, and, and they take those moments to pray for those souls who they believe to be in purgatory. They're in limbo. They're not quite in heaven. They're not quite in hell. They don't know where they're at, but they, you know, they're there, and they take the time to do that. In Louisiana, particularly, and I'm, I'm just saying in South Louisiana, heavily Catholic area, uh, during those days, uh, you will find that family members go out to the cemetery. They clean up the cemetery. They paint the graves. Uh, because they're buried above ground, you know, they 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 place uh they place uh, candles on them, symbols of, of love, you know, maybe they bring gifts. In some places, uh, not I'm not saying in South Louisiana, but there's some places, you know, the families will actually go to the cemetery and eat dinner as if they're eating with the with their deceased member. And um, some places in Asia, in China, veneration of the the deceased goes so far as uh you know, dressing the children up as the the uh, the deceased, or having or, you know having a family meal, and in, in the honor of the deceased. And in India, that they, they it's a whole different game. So, well, I said all that because I'm saying uh, veneration is is it's a it's not just one you know one religious one religion thing. It's it's actually a pan religious activity. And and uh, this Hallow's Eve um, is not is a you know kind of plays into that. Um, so there's there's other things that that uh, about Halloween that while some may make it to be uh, just a bad day or, or a holiday or a creepy holiday. And it really, it really isn't. Well, yeah, it is creepy. You know, the song said the freaks come out at night. And all. <laughs> no, I was just saying. Um, that what what makes Halloween um, creepy is because we've made it creepy. Um, we have not been able to, as Christians, to come to grips with the fact that Christianity is a blended inter. Uh, a blended faith. When I say blended, you know, there's no no authentic Christian faith because the Christianity that has we have received down from generations and for centuries has been uh, it has twinges of everything in there. You know, 
Um, African Christianity is different. Haitian Christianity is different. American Christianity on steroids. <laughs> European Christianity and Asian Christianity, they're all different. They all share the same uh, central theme, but they all have incorporated their particular um, cultural identities and especially in American uh, Christianity that's a whole different ballgame because we got black Christianity we have uh, southern Christianity and you have liberal Christianity and they all all have creepy figures features all have creepy features uh, but I, I digress my question is uh, as always everybody's asking you know should they be celebrated and what about these churches that do the alternative Halloween you know the holy wing uh, the holy wing things I, I'm I'm be honest with you I, I uh, now that I understand a little better about it I I don't particularly celebrate Halloween you know I don't care if you take your cat, child out to trick-or-treat. I don't think it's going to scar them because the child is only concerned about dressing up and getting candy. Some of these costumes are just ridiculous. Uh, uh, I saw uh, one on Facebook, several other pages where the, some, parent, some parent dressed their child up as a Trojan condom. I'm not kidding you. I am really not kidding you. That's exactly what they did. The kid is smiling. I don't know. I don't know if the kid realized that he was dressing up as a guy. And I can't understand what parent in their right mind would do such a thing to their child. But let me get off before I. But that's you know. I said all that because again, you know, the, the question is always, uh, should we should we celebrate it or not? Uh, as Christians, my my thing is, uh, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate Christian. We observe Easter. I, I, we observe Easter. We observe Christmas, and Halloween being the foremost holiday that's great. That's uh, more closely associated with uh, paganism uh, in the Christian Christian religion. The second thing would be. Christmas. Christian is directly uh, has direct pagan roots, and we understand that. We know that, but yet we still observe that. And the same thing with Easter, even though it's rotational. Sometimes it does fall on the um, the solstice in uh, in March. So that that's a whole different ballgame. Um, it it really depends on. How you perceive it. And I don't have a problem with parents allowing their children to go out and trick or cheek. As long as the parents help the child to understand that, you know, this is a night of fun. Uh, this is You get all the candy you want. You're not out trying to observe Satan or anything like that. And for the churches, I, I, I honestly don't see the difference between you, uh, a church, allowing kids to come in and wear costumes and do the same thing that they would do. <laughs> You know, they get a bunch of candy, uh, with the exception that they may have a few activities. Uh, it, I don't, I don't see the difference, honestly. We did it at my church last year, and I, we had a lot of kids to come in. It was a wonderful, time, wonderful time. But I had to explain to my young, my youth director. I said I had to explain to them that um, 
calling it by a different name does not change the observation. You're still allowing the child to do the same thing. You can't say you're not observing Halloween when you are because you're allowing the child to dress up. You're allowing the trial child to come. The only difference is they're in the church, so I don't see the difference. But that's just me. What do I know? You know. I'm going to take another quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you my creepy Christianity list. Some stuff that just creeps me out. And I'd like to hear some of the things from you. What are some things about Christianity that creeps you out? And I, I had short clothes, but we'll talk about that. Be right back. Yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit, short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It was the best day. It was the best day. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. 
Dad. Listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the oh, shared God. data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're talking Halloween, creepy Christianity, all kinds of stuff that, <laughs> uh, yeah, around that. Anyway, uh, I, so as I was preparing for the show, I, 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 I sent out questions, uh, question friends on Facebook, um, sent out very questions. I asked people, I said, what are some of the things are, uh, that might creep you out about Christianity? And I was surprised by some of the answers that I got, and some I was really not surprised about. I, I, I you know, the more I reflect on Christianity as a really and religion overall, I mean, some stuff is just it's outright creepy, just outright creepy. It's scary. Um, and I got a top ten list I'm going to get to in a bit, but I want to share some of the things that uh, some of some of my friends. Uh, Share with me about uh, something they consider to be creepy about Christianity. Um, what, for, for example, uh, uh, the crucifixion. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is a creepy event, and, and most people, you know, it's been we we hear we, well we see that uh, you know, the nice, pretty Jesus all, you know barely stained up and just one little slit in the side and you know that's him on the cross but when you actually uh understand how roman crucifixion was then you really know that was you know the dude had been beat the dude had crowns of thorn uh, a crown of thorns put in his forced on his head and so you can imagine the blood and trauma from that um it, it's all kind of all kinds of stuff that was creepy about the crucifixion, and that doesn't include the myths that have uh, come up surrounding that. Uh, think about the different stories, Holy Grail, uh, all kinds of things that come up. Uh, let me see some, some more. Some, some. Oh yeah, one of the, uh, there are a lot of creepy Bible stories, um, and you know, I, I've read. 
the entire Bible, and I'm sure a lot of you have, a lot of my listeners have. But you got to be honest, you know, uh, and it gets me when pastors don't want to treat the Bible as it is. It's a book. It has stories. In it. It's a book of stories, a collection of stories, narratives. That now, now that's not the that's not uh, taken away from the in, the uh, the uh, authority of it as scripture. But when you dissect it story by story, there are some really creepy stories in the Bible. Uh, the story about Cain having some kind of uh, sim, you know being disfigured or something that made him stand out because he killed his brother and and uh God disfigured him in some way, gave him some kind of mark that that made him recognizable as king throughout the world. And there have been various myths around that. Um and then there's the there's the uh the story of Abraham or Abram and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. Here Isaac uh, God tells him. God tells Abraham to make a sacrifice and to sacrifice his only son. And you'll find that story. I believe is in Genesis 22, chapter 22. I believe I may be incorrect on that. So, charge with my head, not my heart. But uh, in that story, I, Abraham is told that he has to sacrifice Isaac to prove that he's faithful to God. That is strange. That is creepy. You know, you got you have this. Uh, this figure God say that to prove that you are faithful to me and you're going to stay on my side, kill your son. And I know, I know I'm minimalizing the spirituality of that story. I'm just I'm just taking the story as it is without any type of religious insight, without any type of theological revelation. Just reading the story as a narrative is creepy. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying. Uh, not to be mean or anything like that, but I'm just saying that's how, that's how it is. And so Abraham proceeds to take Isaac up to the stone to be sacrificed. Isaac realized that I know we're about to make a sacrifice, but I don't see anything. And Abraham says, don't worry, the Lord will provide ties Isaac up, puts Isaac on the slab, raises his knife, and is preparing to drive his knife into Isaac's body when all of a sudden the Lord intervenes and said, don't do it. You prove me you're faithful. Don't do it. And he sees there's a ram in the bush, and they use that ram as a sacrifice. That's, that's really creepy, a really creepy story. There's some other stories that are really creepy too, that uh, I we could go on and on. Um, and <laughs> there's one in particular. There's one in particular that really, really kind of makes me laugh. But um, it, it, it's, it's 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 creepy. You have a king who's so fat. Okay, there's this king who's so fat that he he uh. They go to war against the East. It's in Judges. And um find a story in the book of Judges. I, I want to say it's chapter 2 or chapter 3. But anyway, there's the battle goes on. Ehud is uh, leading the battle. Ehud finds the king and, and is told to kill the king and takes out his sword 
and jabs the sword into the stomach of the king, but the king is so fat, can't go all the way in. And then, <laughs> so it gets stuck in the fat. And because, it, you know, as a result of it being stuck in the fat, the, the king who is dead uh, has a bowel movement. It's just gross. It's, that's just, it's in there. You have to, <laughs> you have to read it. Uh, <laughs> he has a bowel movement. It was so fat. Couldn't pull his sword out of a fat king's stomach. And the king dies having a bowel movement. That's in, that's in there. And then you have another story where in the same book of Judges where uh, this guy, God calls him to uh, go to war and he promises that if he wins the war, he'll sacrifice the first thing that he sees. And when he gets home, the first thing he sees is his daughter coming out to greet him and he has to kill his daughter. Yeah, that's that's in there. It's in the book of Judges also. And then you think about um, – the stories of rape that's in the Bible. You think about the story. Uh, there's so many crazy stories that are in the Bible. Um, that I wish. In, oh, oh yeah, probably one of the biggest ones that's funny to me. Uh, I still don't understand why it's in there, but it's the story of Elijah. Uh, not Elijah, but Elisha. He was bald-headed and had this group of kids, and it must have been at least, you know, maybe a couple of, you know, Hundred, maybe a hundred or so, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, these kids are teasing him because he's bald headed. And uh, I'm trying to find this scripture. Uh, I know it's in Second Kings, but I'm not sure where it is. Um, uh, Second King, I think it's Second Kings two. Anyway, so Elijah is being teased by these kids, and Elijah uh, puts a curse on the kids, and then two female bears come out and maul at least 42 i think that's the number 42 of the kids mauls them just chews them up and and, and, and it's no particular reason no reason whatsoever he only does it because he they were mocking him that's you know that's a scary story anyway there are plenty other scary stories uh uh creepy stories in the bible now, I'm not talking about the Bible as revelation. I'm just talking about the narratives of those stories. That's, please understand the context. Uh, you know, just the narrative, the, the story story. Uh, as, as a book of literature, those stories just strange. But let me go. Uh, uh, let me get into my top ten strange, creepy things uh, that I see. It creeps me out about Christianity. All right. Uh, number ten. <laughs> the number ten thing that creeps me out about Christianity are hyper-evangelical Christians. Uh, hyper-evangelical Christians. Do. What, what, what these guys do, these, these, these guys, these are the ones who believe that, that uh, they, they, they're some kind called dominionists. They believe that uh, they are placed on earth to rule everything and everybody. I'm not, you know, I believe God is ruler and I, I don't believe... You know, I know we pray his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not quite sure we want some of these people to be <laughs> carrying out that will because these guys, you know, some of them go to the extreme. So that's number 10. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, I have the Christian cults, cults of Christianity. They creep me out. Think about the Branch Davidians. Think about 
uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on calling them a cult, but the Mormons, they got some creepy things that they do. You know, they got to wear the special underwear, and and then they have this strange ritual of baptism by proxy. In other words, they could bap, you know, they baptize the dead through an individual, a living individual of the same sex. So uh, a woman's mother died. But she wasn't a Mormon, and she wants her mother to be converted to the Mormon faith. She would be baptized by proxy uh, for her mother. Mormons, you know, that's. But that's that's just that's just it. Number the number eight thing, uh, scary Christian movies. Scary Christian. I don't know. I can't, I was watching these movies from the seventies. Uh, one in particular called The Thief in the Night. And it, it was it was a um, a movie about the rapture and what happened after the rapture and several series that spun off from that other movies that spun off of that but it was kind of creepy because you know you had uh, you had these this post uh, this like third world war post Christian era and all the Christians are gone and there's chaos and they're chopping off heads and it was kind of graphic for the 70s. Yeah. But the whole point was to scare you to getting saved because if you didn't get saved, you would miss the rapture and if you missed the rapture, you have to go through the tribulation and, you know, tribulation everything was going to be crazy till Christ came back and when he came back, then everything was going to be okay but uh, the whole point was if you didn't didn't get saved right then and right there after that movie, <laughs> you know, you were going to be crazy, right? So that's number eight. Number seven, TV evangelists. TV evangelists creep me out. And I'm just telling you the truth. They creep me out, particularly the ones who, uh, you know, not the ones who are always begging for money, but I'm talking about the ones who, who always, they're, they're too polished, uh, I think about Peter Popoff. And, uh, I'm be honest with you. Mike Murdoch scares me. Mike Murdoch just—he just just got this creepy look. And I was watching this show one day, and he was, you know, on the piano and he was singing. And every time he he looked into the camera, he had something to say, and it just spooked me out. I, if you don't know who Mike Murdoch is, go look him up. It's, he's a Creepy looking guy. And Benny Hinn's hairdo creeps me out. Benny Hinn has had the same hairdo for the last 30 years, and it just, it's creepy, you know? <laughs> it's got this odd shape, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. It's just, that's just reality. It creeps me out. So TV evangelists creep me out. Uh, think about what's on Janet on uh, TBN. Uh, whatever Jan Crouch, her hair creeps me out. <laughs> Sometimes the appeals these preachers make on TV creeps me out because you know they always got something they're trying to do. Uh, so that was number seven. Where number six? Number six, what creeps me out? Um, those old fire and hellstone brimstone preachers. I don't know if y'all know y'all ever. Been a, I grew up with, you know, during a time where that was the popular thing to preach. You preach, you're going to go to hell, you're going to burn in hell. Everything would take you to hell. You walk on the wrong side of the street, you were going to go burn in hell. And don't even get involved with 
you know, don't don't get to the big stuff. I'm not talking about the big stuff. I'm just talking about the small stuff that would get you burnt in hell. Sitting on a morning's bench in a revival, and you hear the preacher talking about burning up in hell, and that would scare you. It scared me, you know. And <laughs> we had to sit. I don't know if you've been to those old-time revivals. But those old-time revivals, you know, they had the mourner's bench, the first row, the first set of rows, where everybody, if you weren't saved, they knew you weren't saved, they made you sit there. And you sat in front of the preacher, and the preacher was preaching directly to you about hell and not making it. You're not sure if you're going to live the next day. What will you do, blah, blah, blah. If you die tonight, would you wake up in heaven or hell, kind of stuff like that. And it works. I use it occasionally. It works. It scares the bejesus out of some people. <laughs> it scares the hell out of some people. So that's it. Number, what is that? Number six, number five. Number five. Oh, where am I? Where am I? Number five. Oh, yeah. Um, creep me out. Going to the Pentecostal church and going to, or I, I'm going to use a large umbrella, of Pentecostal and charismatic churches. It creeped me out, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have been to some of these churches where some of the strangest things have happened. I mean, now I'm not just talking about people falling on the floor or, or running around the church. I, you know, that's that's nothing. I'm talking about people barking like dogs. There was one meeting I went to in the early '90s, and um. A popular preacher came through, and he was, you know, he was doing a revival, and this was the laughing phenomenon. This was the 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 trend then was laughing, holy laughter, holy laughter, and people would just break out laughing in the middle of this guy's sermon. They just start laughing. He said, "Oh, he's got it," and "Oh, she's got it," because they were laughing. And when one person started laughing, next person started laughing, and then next thing you know, the whole row is laughing. And I was on the row, and I was watching these people laughing. I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, I must not be saved because I don't see anything funny. Or the spirit must not have been moving on me because, you know. And next thing you know, the whole church is laughing, and, and he's like, yeah, that's the spirit of God. Enjoy the holy laughter, joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, I missed it. Boy, I missed it because I, I just didn't get it. That was that was funny, and it, it it gets worse. You know, you see some of the craziest things happen in some of those churches. Um, uh, there was one time people were claiming to have gold teeth magically appear in their mouth, or gold dust magically appear in the sanctuary, or some kind of some kind of thing. There is um, there there is. Uh, there was a church that was saying that there was oil, holy oil, coming out. That's a whole different story. Let me move on. Number four, uh, snake-handling churches. The Pentecostal churches where you went to, and I, I've been to this one. This caught me off guard. I went to a church. i never forget. I was in uh, just outside Louisville, Kentucky. Went to this church visiting with a friend. And... I knew it was an apostolic church. I didn't know what kind of apostolic church. So the service, the service was, you know, they were said it was a segregated service, women on one side, men on another side, and they just, you know, they went on. And next thing you know, it got so high, and God went into the back and brought out a couple of boxes, and the spirit was moving. They started dancing when they saw the boxes brought out, started dancing, and the boxes opened up, and it was a snake. <laughs> 
and the guy is handling the snake and he's dancing with it and and to pass it on to the next guy and by this time i'm sitting like oh my god why am i here and they're just passing it on and my friend looked at me like uh you scared it's like yeah you're right i'm scared they said, well, if you got the Spirit of God, it won't bite you. I was like, yeah, well, it ain't going to bite me anyway because I'm not going to touch it. So that, that is another thing. Uh, I mean, I'm running out of time, and I wish I had more time to show you. There's so, so much more I could get up. Let me get into number three, top three, um, um, Christian rap music. Spooked, it creeped me out in the 90s and uh, you because know, it was just crazy. It just didn't make any sense, and the beats were bad, and I could go on and on about that. Uh, number two thing, um, uh, Christian preachers who wear extravagant clothes. They're creepy to me. Uh, when I say extravagant, I mean like robes that are you know, some not like the paper robes, but they're made up. They just look crazy. It creeped me out. And the number one thing that creeps me out about Christianity, uh, where is that? Y'all ready for it? What is my number one? <laughs> my number one is me. I creep myself out. No, I'm just kidding. My number one thing about uh, religion and Christianity are these the the scary movies where the church is always old yeah you got these scary movies based on the church like the omen the exorcist one two three four five or however many they made um where <laughs> you know they have the the priest is always the one who can't do anything but supposed to be able to do everything and you know or he's he's the one that gave out to the devil or something like that. Those kind of those scary movies, you know, just kind of creep me out. And, and apparitions creep me out. This is the last thing. This probably is my number one. I, I didn't add. I just thought about this a minute ago. Uh, apparitions, you know, the sightings of Jesus, anything like that. I never forget when I was in Arkansas, we had this apparition that showed up in Gospel Temple Baptist Church. And the apparition was a – it looked like a, a light reflecting on the glass that had the, the appearance of Jesus' face. And thousands of people came to this church. I mean – and my godfather, uh, he had a house behind the church, and we would just watch from his, from his yard. Uh, the, the people who would just come by to try to get a glimpse of this, and uh, it was proven to be nothing more than the, the shape of the light, you know, the, the how the light was bent, whatever. I don't know the details of it, but anyway, these religious people were making it out to be some extravagant thing, and it was just spooky because they just, you know, they had people who were making pilgrimages all the way to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, to see this figure. And eventually it went away. And it wasn't at a Catholic church. It was at a Baptist church, a black Baptist church is that. So it was just funny. But look, I have run out of time. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to share all the stuff I wanted to share. But look, if you're going to have a Halloween, have a good one. But until then, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. i see you in next week. And uh, hopefully you have a wonderful, wonderful week that the Lord will bless you.